0: what's going on everybody welcome to episode 221 of the pesky report my name is brandon brewer and joining me this afternoon i have a man that wrestled a cocaine bear once mr ed hand Ed, what's going on brother man i haven't slept in like 36 hours but i'm thrilled to be here with you guys also i just saw cocaine bear and it ruled Jeff Sock, the movie Cocaine Bear, and also joining us uh, on the podcast this afternoon is a man that probably read the book about a cocaine bear when he was two, and that's the <laughs> incomparable Hogdale. Hogdale, what's going on, bro? Not much,
1: man. Another, another wonderful day. We're, we're, we are at it. It's time. we are at it
0: uh, Ed. let's let's talk a little bit about this cocaine bear before we get going into any of the baseball talk you just yeah. saw the movie uh rugged for those rugged. that haven't seen it if you want to avoid any potential spoilers skip ahead maybe like a minute or so because uh i don't want to ruin it for you if you if you really want to understand and know the plot of a movie called cocaine bear but ed take it away oh it was great
2: um I mean, basically, um, a bear gets addicted to cocaine and starts murdering people. That's really that's really the movie. Um, and it sounds silly, and it is, but it also has a lot of heart. And it's visually really nice. It has a great soundtrack. The acting was good. Character actress Margot Martindale was in it, and she was very entertaining. Um, yeah, just the, the, the late ray Liotta, rip was very good at it everybody was good at it i just directed by elizabeth
0: bags who is actually a massachusetts native believe it or not there you go that's the tie to our show right there uh the massachusetts native and all the cocaine so that that definitely ties into massachusetts and that feeds into talking about baseball which is something that keeps massachusetts running it's not duncan that keeps keeps massachusetts running it's baseball and this week We've had a pretty exciting time because we have spring training in full swing, which is, you know, that's cool. That's great. But also the world baseball classic has taken over and literally the entire planet is fixated on a little round ball, which makes me very excited because I love whenever the world is buzzing about baseball. And right now we've seen waking up in the morning, watching games emanating from over in, in the, the other side of the world over in Japan, Korea, all these, all these places watching those teams just battle it out over there on, in the, the Orient. And then, you know, we've, we last night had the first games for team USA uh, going up against great Britain who have the absolute worst uniforms on the planet right now. And uh, it's, it's been awesome to see, but I, I do want to pick your brains a little bit about your thoughts on the world baseball classic, uh, mainly, what do you think of the culture and the the college football like atmosphere that we've been seeing from a lot of these games, Hogdale? I know you're also a football fan. How do you compare the two?
1: Uh, honestly, like uh, college football is a, it's a decent comparable. I compare it more to the to soccer though, uh, so like World Cup. Yeah, yeah, World Cup soccer or in the Euros in soccer where it's just kind of. It's just different because it's people rallying behind their, their home country. It's something that everyone can get behind. You can kind of unite and uh, direct your fan toxicity towards the other countries. It's really it's really a beautiful thing. And I fucking – I love the World Baseball Classic for that. I'm glad it's really picked up more steam these last few years. More and more people have gotten interested in it. And uh, it's, it's just I see uh, Team USA uh, doing their thing. We're, we're literally fielding the Avengers out there this year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it's it is awesome to to rally behind your own country. Uh it kind of gives off a little bit of a xenophobic vibe because everyone is like, Oh, your country sucks, my country's better, but it's in the interest of uh cheering for a team. So we'll allow it. Uh Ed, what have you thought about the culture that we've seen, mainly from like Japan and Korea, where they're they're out there just bouncing around during games?
2: Dude, it's like all of my dreams of a real baseball world cup. It's awesome
0: i love the world baseball
2: classic the energy like did you see some of the stuff with like the like you said like with japan with like uh, korea taipei like it's it's, people are so into it it's it's great it really is great
1: highlights more and more how baseball has grown around the world even like with the sport taking a slight hit in popularity here like internationally it just keeps growing bigger and bigger
0: I actually have a friend that uh, he was he was in the Army Station in Korea, and he was one of these guys that was like, oh, baseball is so boring. It sucks. I can't see how you watch it. He went to a KBO game, and now he is a huge baseball fan. He's gone to probably a dozen uh, Texas Rangers games since he moved uh, there to Dallas, Texas, and he, he's, he's become a huge fan of the sport because of his experiences in Korea going to those games. Because as as animated and as pumped as they are during the World Baseball Classic, that's how they are for pretty much all of their games. Just a regular season game between two KBO teams, it's going to be that lit. And I really hope that if, if Major League Baseball takes anything away from the World Baseball Classic, it's that we take a little bit of that excitement for the game back um another thing that i want to ask you guys about and i really want to pick your brains about on this one is ed uh the time of game that we've kind of been getting used to with you you know watching uh minor league baseball last year and then watching the spring training games this year we've kind of grown a little bit accustomed to a much quicker style of play but here in the world baseball classic they're not using mlb's rules with the pitch clock and things like that and it has been very noticeable that some of these games tend to drag. What do you think about that? Yeah, especially after the pitch clock. Oh, God, it's great. Isn't the pitch clock great? Don't you it's guys so love the pitch clock? It's so good. <laughs> I, I really think Major League Baseball strategically decided to put the pitch clock in this year so that you could see it side by side with the World Baseball
1: Classic, how
2: good it really is. I just also like a I get- nice, brisk baseball game.
1: Literally, and after the first few games where there were a bunch of violations, like there's barely been any like the last week or like week and week and a half. Like it's not even noticeable. Like the the players are adjusting and we aren't even at the end of spring training yet. So it's pretty wonderful. (laughs) And,
0: and, And as we continue to use the pitch clock, as this becomes more of the norm in Major League Baseball, you're gonna see less and less violations. You're gonna you're gonna get people that are more accustomed to it as more of the minor league guys start coming up into the, the big league rosters, they're already used to it. They were using it last year. So this wasn't a big thing for them to come into spring training with a pitch clock. The guys that have been veterans for several years are the ones that are, they're saying will take the most adjustment time. But then you got guys like Kenley Jansen who seem to be adapting to it quite well. So I don't know. I I do think that it is pretty obvious that the pitch clock is going to be a success though. Um, And then looking around at the actual world baseball classic games that have been played already, it, it almost seems like it's the Boston baseball classic because Red Sox players are shining all over the globe. And it's so cool to see guys like Yu Chang, who was brought in basically as an afterthought-type player to the Red Sox this season, became the Group A MVP. Even though his team didn't win and, oh, they won two games, but they're not advancing to the knockout rounds, he's coming back to the Red Sox with, a pretty solid consolation prize. Uh, Chang went seven for 16 in world baseball. Classic competition had two home runs and eight RBIs. This dude was out there swinging it for, for his squad. It's great to see. Um Hogdale. What, what do you, what do you think about the, this afterthought of a player that Heim bloom just happened to bring in because of uh, the necessity
1: of a middle inf- infielder. Uh, it's pretty sick. I mean, he, he, he completely tore it up in the World Baseball Classic. I really hope that he can carry it forward uh, this momentum and use it to, you know, make the Red Sox main roster and, you know, compete for that starting job because we Christian Arroyo is penciled in there as the second baseman, but his spot is far from cemented. Like, he's, he's there for now because we know him. He's a guy that we can somewhat trust. But if Yu Chang keeps playing, like, this well, like, he could easily, like, uh, get that spot. And it's uh, really exciting for him. I mean, it's, I'm just happy for him. Also, he's better than uh, Jose Iglesias and Elvis Andrews, so fuck off.
0: <laughs> and and that now, now that he's officially out of the World Baseball Classic, he will be returning to Red Sox uh, spring training camp, and will be able to continue to rake down in Fort Myers for the for the Sox. Ed, what do you think about Yu Chang? Like, was that a good addition by Heim Bloom? Sure, looks like it. I mean, the competition is going to be different now,
2: but you know, it's um he i, I he's a major league player. I think he's he, he definitely stood out compared to the rest of the Taipei team. Um, and he obviously got got pretty hot there. But yeah, you know, he's a useful little player. We'll see how long he lasts uh, until Story and all those
0: guys come back. Yeah. Which, speaking of Trevor Story, it has been uh,
1: ground balls.
0: Yeah, has been announced that he has mm. been taking some ground balls. Not not yet throwing and using that, that surgically repaired elbow, but it is at least a good sign, in my opinion, that he's out on the field getting some work in with the glove. If he wasn't trying to make a midseason comeback, I don't think he would out, be out there doing some glove work right now. I think he would just be packed up and hanging out with his family, maybe watching the games or whatever. But the fact that he's out there trying to get some of the grind in tells me that he will be back at some point this season.
1: Which is huge. Like, the Red Sox, we really do need him back uh, at that trade deadline just because I I really like the lineup right now as it is. I think it's, like, more than adequate to, like, when you – a decent amount of ball games. When you put Trevor Story into that lineup, it looks really dangerous. Like, one of, like, the top ten lineups in all of baseball. I really – the depth that the team will have when story gets back. Like, my God, it's going to be fucking electric
0: as excited as we all are for this season. I, I kind of wish we had a fast forward button sometimes so we could just skip to that trade deadline to see, okay, are the socks going to be in it at the trade deadline? Are they going to, you know, make a push getting Trevor story back, maybe making a trade deadline acquisition to, uh, to fill in some kind of hole that's, that's there this could be, you know, the team that pushes all in at the at the deadline gets, makes it to the playoffs and really has a significant run. Uh one guy that definitely will contribute this year from the get-go is a guy that's been playing in pool B for Japan and on a team where, you know, the best player on the planet is is kind of stealing all the headlines, Yoshida has been one of the most constant contributors to that squad. Uh, right now he's hitting 417 with eight RBIs for Team Japan. Pretty solid stats. Uh, of course, he's always always got that um Shohei Atani guy on base ahead of him, so Who? that makes the look,
1: <laughs> so some, some
0: some guy that's halfway decent at base
1: replacement level fraud. <laughs> uh,
0: but Yoshida's been out there doing his thing, and it's it's so cool to see because, you know, anytime he he does something, it gets shared around on all of our Red Sox Twitter feeds. So we're getting to see that's our guy, a guy that we really haven't seen play too much. We haven't seen him in a Red Sox uniform that much, you know, a few games in spring training, and that's about it. But to see him competing on, on a big-time stage like the World Baseball Classic, I think Red Sox fans have so much more confidence in him now than they did even two or three weeks ago Ed. what do you think sorry he repeats the question i'm so tired
1: <laughs> <laughs> poor ed bro um
0: how, how much confidence should we have in yoshida after what he's been doing in the world baseball classic
2: i mean i as much as we have in you chag as much as we had in anybody based off of a short sample size i think he showed that he's a good player it really is that simple
1: the World Baseball Classic for me, like it, it just exemplifies the the uh the confidence I had in him earlier, just from based on how everyone was raving about him in camp, and like how he looked during his batting practices and stuff. I really think this dude's gonna be a key contributor this year. I think he's gonna be a crazy good on base guy, uh, better power than we thought, and uh, also noted and proud member of my fantasy baseball team in the Pesky Report League. So you know. Uh-oh. Named after him, the bad boy Yoshi. So really, you're all fucking done because Yoshi's <laughs> going to go insane this year. <laughs>
0: there you go. So you, you heard it here 1st Uh Hoggdale, Hogdale drafted Yoshi, and because of that, he's already put a fork in everyone else in this league because we are, in his words, done. But he's, he's, failing, he's failing to mention that one of the guys that I drafted in our, in our same draft is Jorge Alfaro who has been absolutely crushing the ball. Uh, oh, he man. was crushing He was crushing in the Winter League. He was hitting the ball very solid in spring training. And in Pool C of the World Baseball Classic, he continued the trend. He smacked a huge double for Team Columbia, and he's been out there just balling. Uh, that's a dude that I'm very excited about. And with the uh, potential setbacks to Connor Wong, I think he has a real shot at making the Red Sox opening day roster.
1: He looks to be uh, staking his claim on that backup catcher position. Cause I think even like still right now, I think we all really like Reese McGuire is the number one catcher at this, uh, at this point. He's just been impressive since he got here, but yeah, Alfaro has been great. And yeah, he's built like a great God, which I you know really appreciate Uh, makes me, makes it easier to look at him. And, uh, I just – I love this guy. I mean, fucking uh, – I, I really hope he ends up being a key, key contributor for this team. I mean, if he keeps wrecking like this, I mean, God, watch out.
0: And then, of course, there in Pool C, we also have Team Mexico that has familiar faces like uh, Alex Verdugo and Jaron Duran – I saw Verdugo uh, was getting a little bit hot with the bat for Team Mexico as well. So it's it's awesome. I'm so pumped to see these Red Sox players out there performing in the World Baseball Classic, even if they're not like stealing the show and becoming the MVP of their pool. Like they're still contributing to their teams and, and representing their, their uh, country and their affiliations. Um, of course, Pool D is where the biggest shock of the tournament has happened so far. And that's uh, the Dominican Republic team, which features another Red Sox superstar, Rafael Devers, and pretty much every superstar in Major League Baseball. Uh, they Literally. lost. They lost their first game somehow, some way. Uh, what is the road to recovery for the Dominican Republic?
1: That uh, just have like a few of the, what like six of the top fifteen hitters in baseball on their team, like just be themselves for, like, a couple games and they'll be fine. I think as long as, like, the the Dominicans guys, like, show up in, like, some of these remaining games, like, they'll be fine. It is criminal how much talent that team has, like, genuinely criminal. Like, them and, like, if them and Team USA, like, end up facing each other, like, my God, like, like the Clash of the Titans that will be so fucking epic.
0: Penny making her her her
1: regular her, appearance, her, her yeah. usual
0: appearance, yeah. You, you um, know
2: what's great about this? You know what's really great about this tournament? Just, and Penny clearly seems to agree with me on this. <laughs> um, anybody can win. Anything can happen in a in, in a short sample size. Penny, stop that's it.
0: Ve- very true. I mean, it's it, it only takes one to to advance in a lot of these cases, especially once we get you know further into the tournament and the knockout rounds and stuff like that. Like right now, it's just, you know, be one of the best two teams in your group out of a very small sample size. So thinking back to, you know, how the Red Sox typically have started off pretty slow in April, if 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 they were to, to lose their first three games in 2018, uh, I mean, 2018 is a perfect example because they lost opening day. That would have put them behind the curve going forward and they might've not even made it. But then that 2018 team was a juggernaut that we all saw. So it's, it is interesting. Like Dominican Republic put themselves behind, but I think there's just way too much talent on that team to keep them down for too long. They'll probably go out and mercy rule the the team that they have to play next. Uh, Also there in pool D I know this one was a shocker to a lot of people, but uh, once again, Boston player shining and it's a red Sox reliever, Richard Bleer acquired in the Matt Barnes trade Um he actually got the win for team Israel which is pretty cool to see uh, they they made a stun, stunning comeback against Nicaragua and were able to win that game any thoughts on that guys
1: um not not like not really I mean, good for Matt Barnes I mean uh, uh I'm happy for him at the same time he's kind of a whiny loser and uh I've wanted him to fail but i like team israel because i like ed so i want team israel to win but that's like the warring feeling in my head where i'm like well i kind of hate matt barnes now
0: so well it's it's, it's not matt matt barnes didn't do anything for team israel it was uh richard blear Blyer,
1: Blyer. is I it Blyer?
0: um uh that that we acquired in the matt barnes trade
1: oh dude so, I'm, so, I'm out of it too me, me and ed both our brains are both fucking fried today it's over
0: I understand that there, there, there has been a lot going on on Red Sox Twitter lately, so it's hard to keep everything straight. I get it. Um, but this, it was a huge comeback because team Israel is one of those teams kind of like the Czech Republic that they're not really expected to do a lot, but when they do, it's pretty sweet.
1: Shout out to uh, um friend of uh, the podcast, uh, Ryan Levarnway.
0: There you go. Ryan LaVarnway. Getting his shout outs on here. Um, well let's let's transition a little bit to actual Boston Red Sox spring training news things that have happened in camp in country and are worth discussing a little bit of. Uh, Justin yeah. Turner Justin Turner, as everyone knows, got hit in the face with a 96 mile per hour fastball uh, had to get 16 stitches, but he says he still plans to play opening day. On a scale of one to ten, how much of a dog is Justin Turner?
1: I mean, I, I want to say what's beyond ten. It's like the meme I saw the other day where it's like uh, he ain't got no dog in him. That's a fucking wolf. I I love Justin Turner, man. This dude, uh, he brings such a good, unique energy uh, to the Sox team. It seems like everyone in the clubhouse is loving him, and I, I love that he's ready. Opening day. This man's a competitor, and he's ready to go.
0: I think this is one of those things that that the team will really rally around. Like, he could have easily been like, okay, I'm going to, you know, back it off. I'm going to take it easy. You know, I'm going to not be ready for the first couple weeks of the season. And then I'll just kind of ease my way into the lineup or whatever. He's like, nah, man, I'm here to play 162. I want to be ready day one. And I'm gonna go out there and contribute and do my best for this squad. I think that's the kind of thing that's going to to really get the younger guys motivated and and where Kike has kind of become like that clubhouse leader, I think Justin Turner is ascending to one of those leadership roles as well. Ed, any thoughts? Man, talk about leading by
2: example. Just that's pretty. It's like taking a really unfortunate thing and somehow turning it
0: into an impo- into a positive. Because he is going to have everybody's respect moving forward. Yep. Yeah. When when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. When when life hits you in the face with a ninety six mile per hour fastball, God. pick yourself up and get back in the box. That's that's what it is. Um, another unusual thing that's kind of come out of spring training is, I guess, we all assumed that Chris Sale, if healthy, would get the ball on opening day, which also happens to be his birthday, which is kind of strange. But um, Cora said that he wants Chris Sale to experience opening day as just an, an, an everyday player and not have the pressure of starting. So he's not going to be getting the ball on opening day. Who does that open the door to get that ball on opening day? Who's going to be the, the, the pitcher for that? Uh, March 30th game against the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Man, I gotta say, uh, this is a very clever motivation tactic by Alex Cora because we know the kind of guy Chris Sale is. Chris Sale is gonna be like fucking like have a murderous rage by not being the opening day starter, and fucking it's gonna motivate him to earn his spot 20 times over. For the rest of this season i just think it's a really clever motivational tactic being like hey just because you're back and you're, you're making all this money doesn't mean you're the automatic ace number one of this team that we can trust you you've been away for a while you got to re-earn it so i think that's a really clever motivational tactic and uh, as far as like who's going to take the bump on opening day i kluber i guess i he's probably he's probably Performed the best to this point. I mean, I'm sure the answer in all of our hearts would be Brandon Walter, but you know, sadly, this organization's full of cowards, and they won't do that. Uh, so, but uh, so you know, that's that's my my two cents on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, my my vote for opening day starter was you, Hogdale, but yeah, I you guess fair. Brandon Walter would be up there as well. But Kluber is an interesting one. Um, I, I think when they interviewed him, when uh, uh, Jamal Webster at, interviewed him after his last start. They said if if he continues tracking, it would actually line up for him to be the opening day starter. So I think that's kind of the uh, the team's idea behind everything, as well as to, to have Kluber go out there on opening day, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, after opening day, it really doesn't matter who the opening day starter was. So yeah. if if sales coming in there as as the two. He's still the ace of this staff going forward. He just didn't get the ball on opening day. Uh, But Kluber getting the ball, it it would be a nice little story because he has kind of embraced being the hometown kid at this point.
2: I like Kluber. I like, but the other thing, though, with all of this is like, once the season starts, who cares what the order is? The pitchers are going to be going yeah. every five days. It's like it's like a nice aesthetic to be like, oh, this is our ace and he's our number one, this is our number two. But they're going to be rotating guys in and out and come playoff time if they're in it. It's not really going to matter who had the opening day start.
1: In the grand scheme of things, no, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now, like based on what we know about Chris Sale, it definitely matters to him. <laughs> it definitely fucking matters to him. <laughs> and that's what I think. I just think it's a really clever motivational tactic. I, I think this is a way to keep that fire lit, lit under uh, under Chris Sale, like just to keep him extra motivated for this uh, this season. By the way, uh, Chris Sale performance wise in general, he's looked really good. Like yes, really good. It's getting he's getting me really excited for this season.
0: Yeah, I I, I think you're right, Ed. Um, you know, once the season starts, who really cares what yes. the order is or whatever? What's more important? more important is playing through the season getting to the postseason and then if if for whatever reason the red sox are the wild card team then that whoever gets the ball in the wild card game is much more significant than whoever got the ball on day one so uh and i think if 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 i were to to simulate the entire season i would have chris sale starting that wild card game right now so um yeah so, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement that it will be Corey Kluber getting the ball on opening day, which might come as a bit of a shock because uh, I guess we all kind of anticipated a healthy Chris Sale would be the guy. Um, but, Ed, I know that you've been doing your Trustometer, and mm-hmm. it's something that's gained a little bit of uh, fanfare. And, uh, the the people want it. The people want to know more about the uh the Ed Hand 2023 Trustometer. And I see you product are putting, placement. Put it putting on the product placement, rocking the uh trustometer caps right now. And uh you can you can get yours at the pesky reports store if you would like. Um but Ed, what I like adjustments? like the hats by the don't... way,
2: Brandon. You did a good job uh designing these. Like uh you oh, brand does all of our designs and he's got a, he's
0: got a real eye for aesthetics. He's wearing That's a cool. Macho Man shirt right now. I'm wearing the uh, Yoshida Macho Man shirt. So, yep. I also uh, saw him it,
1: choke out a a silverback gorilla with his biceps once. So, you know, he's a killer. Brandon, Brandon's pretty <laughs> swole, I gotta say, <laughs> ah,
0: you you guys are too kind. Um, <laughs> and what what adjustments do we have this week on the trustometer? Um.
2: You know, it's still... The thing is, this early, it's still hard to get a good feel. I think that the top group is still pretty much the same for me. Schreiber, Jansen, Martin, Howe, Blair. They're they're the top five. But there's a little bit of other movement. Um, I think that I would put Wyatt Mills as sixth. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez, seventh. Zach Kelly at eighth. And perhaps a surprise... But Ryan Brazier moves all the way up to ninth above uh, Caleb Ort because he's honestly looked all right. I think um, Will Middlebrook said something that I agreed with about, um, um, oh, God, sorry, Um, that when he uses his slider more, he's a lot more effective, and that seems to be the case. So, you know, slider ball pitcher, 35. So, hey, if he ruins his arm, he's had a good run. But I think he looks like a legitimate
0: middle reliever right now. And and that's exactly where I like my Ryan Brazier. I I think I think I like Brazier more coming in as like a fifth to sixth inning guy. Maybe get those two innings out of the way for him. Uh, if you have a starter that kind of hits a, a a speed or like a speed bump or a hiccup or something, you can bring him in. He can get two innings in the middle of the ball game and then turn it over to the the more dominant guys at the back end of the bullpen. Um, I don't like when Brazier has to be a trusted arm in the eighth inning of a 2-2 two, two, two game or something like that. Uh, so in, in years past, Brazier has kind of been the bane of my existence and has been a guy that I, I've wanted shot into the sun multiple times. But in this role, I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm not quite to the level of saying that I'm a Bray, Bray Lever yet, but I'm. I'm not saying that we should DFA him right this second.
1: Here's the thing, he's. Uh, I know Alex Cora, he can't help himself. He's not going to stay in this role. He's going to find himself in so many of these close ball games, and for some mystifying reason. Alex Cora has this spatial trust that he puts in. He can't help himself. He's going to be putting pressure in some of these games that he has no business being in. And I'm just, I'm just prepping us all for the inevitable disappointment of it happening. I'm just, I'm just prepping you. It's going to happen. He cannot help himself. It's like fucking crack cocaine. Brian Brazier is Alex Cora's crack cocaine. He can't quit it no matter how hard he tries.
0: Why why do you got to do that,
1: Hogdale? Because I'm right. (laughs) I,
0: I, I was I was <laughs> just new shirt, starting new
2: Hogdale shirt ID. It's idea. It's just Hogtail's face, and it says because I'm right underneath <laughs> <laughs> it. Sell
0: like, it with the indubitably shirts.
1: Heavy is the uh, hat, head that wears the always correct opinions crown.
0: <laughs> I was I was just starting to come around on Ryan Brasher, <laughs> then then you had to remind me of the reality that he's because he's going to screw he's going to screw up at some point. And it's Uh, really going to upset me.
1: uh, Listen, I hope he and Alex Cora both proved me wrong. Uh, There's just all the evidence of the previous seasons that we have watched. And I watched a lot of those games. uh, You know, just do not support this evidence of uh, what may come, may or may not come to light.
0: Oh, man. You know, I hope you're wrong on this one. Same. I hope you're wrong. That's all I can say. Uh, you guys got anything else you wanna you wanna add? I know Ed looks like you're uh, you're ready to hit the bed.
2: This is kind of a short episode. I'm sorry, I'm not more animated. There's guys. one.
1: There is one thing I wanted to add, just as a okay. fun thing to dunk. I really wish we could play copyright music because right now I'd be playing the Kurt Angle's theme music, like the most patriotic theme music of all time, because England, they played the United States of America in baseball, our sport, fresh off. Of blowing a thirteen to nothing colony lead, fresh off of us tying them in the sport you that they invented, you in Madrid, a, a thirteen to nothing colony lead. They blew the thirteen to nothing colony lead. They faced against the United States. We let them go up one nothing, just to let it feel good. You know, back to the days when there, they were a wide empire, controlled over seventy percent of the Earth. But unfortunately, the hammer of freedom came upon them, and the United States ended up whipping Great Britain's ass, just like it has been for the last hundred fifty years. We stay winning. We stay willing, winning, fellas. Let's fucking go.
0: <laughs> you know, to to quote the the great Kyle Schwarber, who hit a three run <laughs> bomb in that game. History began July fourth, seventeen seventy six everything before that was a mistake
1: objectively correct fuck you England and, we win and, again and ha- <laughs>
0: how how about the the Arizona Diamondbacks saying that if if they got 1776 retweets they would drop tea in their pool <laughs> I did
1: see that
0: uh, that was such a win oh that was great yeah w- wait way to bring that up I I was Really enjoyed that, and uh, now now the United States gets to go battle for uh, North American supremacy when they take on Team Mexico tonight. That's going to be another exciting one. I know our boy Brady is out there in Arizona right now. He's probably still drunk, (laughs) still drunk from last night. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Jake's out there as well, right? We had a couple guys, a couple friends of the show that are out there. So that's that's cool. Uh, we, we we are well represented all over for World Baseball Classic games. We are well represented for spring training. We are well represented whenever the Sox finally go back to Boston, and we will even be well represented when the Sox play the Milwaukee Brewers. So let's
1: go. Let's fucking go. Let's-